1: Hello, Texas. Great to have you with us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. I'm your host, and I'm glad to be a part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture from the Piney Woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: Like a lot of agriculture events, the Plains Cotton Growers Annual Meeting was canceled last year due to COVID, but it's back on this year, and in fact, it's this Friday. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
3: On a recent trip across several key farming and ranching areas of Texas, I find work going on and optimism strong. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in today's report.
1: We'll have those stories plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Texas Animal Health Commission has confirmed a case of the neurological disease that causes the equine herpes virus, Jessica Domo reports.
4: A quarter horse in Parker County tested positive for equine herpes myeloencephalopathy in late March. It is the first case of the disease in Texas this year. The premises where the horse was being kept has been quarantined and the horse is being monitored. EHM is transmitted through horse-to-horse contact, short-distance aerosol, and contaminated tack. Symptoms include a fever of 102 degrees or more, nasal discharge, lack of coordination, hindquarter weakness, leaning or resting against a fence or wall for balance, and lethargy. Horse owners who suspect their horse has EHM are encouraged to contact their local veterinarian. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
1: The Texas Legislature is considering adding consumer protections to labeling of imitation meat products, Josh Weingartner with the Texas Cattle Feeders Association says it's all about protecting the good image and reputation
5: of Texas beef. They're imitating our product and using the terminology that consumers know. And our concern, again, is this. It's very cut and dry. If it's from an animal and it's grown and raised and processed by people, then it is beef. If it is made in a lab or if it is created in a factory that is congealed together to form a patty, then it's not real beef. It's this product that's trying to imitate what we've got.
1: Weingartner says plant-based imitation meat products are using terminology like meat or beef to promote their product to meat-eating consumers.
5: Yeah, I mean, their target audience is not the -the run-of-the-mill vegan or vegetarian. Even those consumers, they're very supportive of the bills that we have because they want accurate labels also. Their target market is trying to find meat-eaters that they can say, hey, this product looks and smells, and this is their opinion, not mine, and tastes like beef, but it really doesn't. And I mean, I've seen a package that is labeled real beef, beefy crumbles from a company that has meat in their name. And so there's three or four different references to beef and meat on the front of the package. And in one small spot at the very bottom, it says plant-based. There are some creative marketers out there that are trying to claim that plant-based ultra-processed product and cell-cultured animal tissue can be labeled as meat or beef or pork or chicken. And our position is it's not those things. Consumers have a right to know what they're buying, and we just want to make sure that the labels are clear, that if it has the term beef on it or meat, that it is such. It's not something that's pretending to be imitating our products. So that's what we're fighting over down here. Just for us in the panhandle, this is pretty common sense. And these companies that are in the big cities, they think that these are just common terms and we can do with them what we want to.
1: That's Josh Weingardner with the Texas Cattle Feeders Association. Plains Cotton Growers is holding their annual meeting this Friday. James Hunt has more from the High Plains.
2: Coming up on Friday is the Plains Cotton Growers annual meeting. It's being held this year at the Overton Hotel and Conference Center in Lubbock. Plains Cotton Growers CEO Steve Verrett says the event begins with a breakfast at 7.30 and everyone is invited to the day's activities.
3: There's no admission and you register on site, so come out, come one, come all. We welcome all our members, affiliated members, our associate members, anyone that's interested in what's going on in the world of cotton, we hope that you'll show up.
2: The program for the meeting features a lineup of speakers including journalist Jim Wiesmeyer of Pro Farmer, area congressman Jody Arrington, Dr. Gary Adams of the National Cotton Council, and Bo Stevenson of the Lubbock Cotton Exchange. The Plains Cotton Growers' annual meeting is making a comeback this year after being canceled last year due to the COVID situation, and Verrett says he's glad to be able to have cotton people get together again.
3: We've been able to do a lot of things remotely, Zoom, blah, 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 but our business is a relational business, and that's people coming together Visiting, it's many times not what's going on, the program itself, that's important, but it's the camaraderie, it's seeing people you haven't seen in a while and visiting and
2: learning from other folks. Once again, the Plains Cotton Growers Annual Meeting is Friday at the Overton Hotel and Conference Center in Lubbock. Now, to wrap things up, here's a reminder of another big event returning to the ag calendar after being derailed by COVID last year, that's the Hempel County Beef Conference hosted by Texas A&M AgriLife. That event is April 27th and 28th in Canadian. For more information, contact the Extension Service or go online and search for Hempel County Beef Conference 2021. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Spring planting is moving at full speed across many areas of Texas. Barry Mahler reports from the Rolling Plains.
3: I had the opportunity to drive west last week across a lot of the rolling plains into the big ranch country and up on the cap rock in order to attend a meeting in Lubbock. It does me good to get out and see a little wider view of Texas agriculture than I see on a day-to-day basis. The first thing I noticed is that some much-needed rain had fallen a few days before across some land that really needed it. We've been in pretty good shape this winter here in north-central Texas, but it's been a little sketchy out to the west. I saw a lot of yearling cattle and wheat past with the quality of the pasture diminishing as I went west. Our wheat here locally has provided good grazing for most of the winter and really perked up when it warmed up after the winter cold spell, but it was easy to see the difference that dry weather makes on wheat growth. The cattle market is picking up on feeder cattle the last couple of weeks, so maybe those cattle will fare well when coming off wheat pasture, with input costs continuing to rise and a strong market on light cattle last fall. Well, the margins may be pretty tight. There there is optimism in cutting a wheat crop for grain this spring with a better market than we've seen in a while, but even that has backed off some in the recent weeks and the expected 6 to 6.50 price may be more like 5 to 5.50. Only time will tell. Once again, even with better prices, input expenses are on the rise and margins will still be pretty close. It'll take a large yield to bring a profit. Although not a lot of corn is planted in the region, we are seeing acres creep up as farmers are looking for rotation crops and the acre's that will be planted this year in the ground and beginning to emerge. Planters are running and more grain sorghum acres are expected to a better uh, market and uh, some real improvement in grass herbicide treatment that's now available, and that's going to up the acres a good bit. Cotton acres look to be steady on the rolling plains. I saw a lot of acres bedded up and ready to plant on the high plains, but cotton is in the same scenario as wheat, grain sorghum, and cattle and that there is a better market than we've seen in a while, but input costs, they're creeping higher with some necessary supplies of input, such as generic glyphosate, in short supply right now. Even with the everyday challenges that our industry experiences, I find a lot of optimism across Texas as spring work picks up. I guess what a very experienced farmer told me once still holds true he said optimism for a crop is never higher than the day it's planted. This is Barry Moller reporting from the Rolling Plains for Texas Ag Today.
1: Farmers indicate they will plant less corn and soybeans than anticipated here in 2021. Michael Clements has the story from Washington.
6: The Department of Agriculture's prospective planting report revealed farmers intend to plant less corn and soybeans this year than expected. American Farm Bureau Federation economist Shelby Meyer says farmers plan to plant 91.1 million acres of corn and 87.6 million acres of soybeans.
7: And combined, that acreage would be an estimated 178.7 million acres which would be the second highest on record behind 2017 when we did 180 million acres of corn and soybeans. And from what we can tell, that's really the big story of what farmers intend to do this year. And those two big commodities are the hot story at the moment.
6: Those figures are lower than previous estimates released by USDA earlier this year.
7: They estimated that farmers would plant 92 million acres of corn and 90 million acres of soybeans. And then even leading up to the report, we've gotten high prices over the last month, and the estimates for corn were just about 93.2 million acres, and soybeans were closer to 89.9 million acres, and we ended up lower than both of those estimates.
6: Meyer says that outside of an increase in planted acres, to meet the increased demand for corn and soybeans on the horizon, record-breaking yields or supply rationing will need to occur.
7: With tightened supplies and rising commodity prices for both corn and soybeans, it really was expected that farmers would be planting every acre possible. And these estimates don't really reflect that. I guess the good news for farmers is the tightened supplies and increased demand will really help hold commodity prices at these current high levels and potentially drive them even higher.
6: Read more on the market intel page at FB.org. From Washington, I'm Michael Clements for Texas Ag Today.
4: It is sea turtle nesting season. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: And back pain is difficult to treat in humans, but it's even more difficult to treat in horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture
1: on Texas Ag Today. While well, I have suffered through my share of back pain in the last 20 years, it's a difficult condition to treat in us humans, but it's even more difficult to treat in horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd tells why.
8: Diagnosing back pain in horses is much harder than in humans because the horse can't tell us their back is hurting. Horses that are very painful are easier to diagnose than those that are just showing a decrease in performance. However, it is critical to make the correct diagnosis of the affected area of the back and the cause because the treatments are different. As a general rule, Dr. Aaron Contino from Colorado State indicated at the AAEP convention that non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like butte are not very effective with back pain, like they are with other musculoskeletal conditions. Some horses have back pain due to kissing spines, in which the dorsal spinous processes of the vertebrae in the back impinge or override on other spines and cause pain. Injection of the ligament between the spines with steroids was more effective than butte at relieving back pain. Some horses with kissing spines will respond to oral steroids, but these drugs should not be used in horses with equine metabolic syndrome, as laminitis could develop. Surgery of kissing spines has been performed, and a new technique that includes cutting the ligament between the vertebrae has been successful. This surgery can be done standing, while removing a portion of the spines must be done under general anesthesia. If the sacroiliac joint is involved, injecting it with steroids can be helpful. Muscle relaxants are helpful, as is extracorporeal shockwave therapy. Electroacupuncture has been shown to help with pain, and after the pain is reduced, exercises to increase back muscle strength are important to prevent recurrence of back pain. And these include mobilization exercises and core strengthening exercises. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It is sea
1: turtle nesting season. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report.
4: The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is asking Texans who plan to visit the beach in the coming weeks to be mindful of nesting sea turtles. The most critically endangered sea turtle in the world, the Kemp's Ridley sea turtle, began nesting on Texas beaches in early April. Threatened loggerhead and green sea turtles are also nesting during this time. Visitors to Texas beaches are asked to keep an eye out and report all nesting sea turtles, their nests, and hatchlings from now through September. Drive slowly and carefully on beaches to avoid hitting a turtle nest. If you come upon a nesting turtle on the beach, in addition to reporting it, FWS asks that you stay with the nest until an official arrives or carefully mark it so that it may be found. Also, be sure to keep your distance from the nests to avoid disrupting the nesting turtle. Biologists and volunteers will patrol Texas beaches now through July. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, Fish and Wildlife Texas A&M University, Galveston, Sea Turtle Incorporated, and others will be working together to coordinate a response when a nesting sea turtle or a nest is found to ensure their safety. If you see a nesting sea turtle on the beach, report it to 866-TURTLES. That is 1-866-TURTLES. Texas state parks are returning to their normal capacities. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, some parks will be able to return to normal occupancy quickly, others may continue to have some occupancy limits. Visitors are encouraged to purchase day passes. You can do that up to one month in advance. To purchase a day pass or to reserve a campsite, visit texasstateparks.gov. That is texasstateparks.gov. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
1: The cattle futures market continued to climb on Tuesday and we saw a big rebound in the cotton market. We'll take a closer look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
2: Did you know that one out of every three mouthfuls of food we eat is produced by insect pollination, most of which is done by bees? In fact, bees are vitally important to food production. That's why modern agriculture is working with beekeepers to promote bee health. Ensuring a sustainable food supply requires each of us to play our part in preserving the land and protecting pollinators. This public service announcement is brought to you by Syngenta,
1: The optimism continued in the cattle market on Tuesday. We closed steady to higher for both live and feeder cattle futures. April live cattle up $1.35 at 35 at 122.72. June up 20 cents 124.62. August live cattle up 12 at $123.42. April feeder cattle up two cents 146.47. May feeders unchanged $1. 151.77. August feeder cattle up 80 cents at 160. 95. Cash fed cattle market still quiet on Tuesday, but the optimism is there. Feedlots hoping to add to last week's gains, asking prices out in the country now 121 and higher. Boxed beef prices were mixed on Tuesday. Choice up another 330 at 26197. Select, however, was down 87 cents. Two forty-eight ninety-nine. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble, neighbor. Riley Rhodes had a sale in Three Rivers on Monday down there on the
6: Coastal Plains, where the Coastal Plains meets the South Texas brush country. Riley, how'd that sale
7: go?
9: I had 991 total head. The market that he was last week looked like they backed off a little bit on some of these uh, lighter weight grazing kids. You know, everything else pretty much sold steady. Had a few pairs, brought 750 up to 1200. Some bred cows from 650 to 1075. They put a little bit more money on the Packer cows on the rail. 70 to 78 on your high yielding cows. 62 to 68 on your breakers. 38 to 58 on the canners. Same deal on the Packer bulls. Your high yielding bulls, 88 to 96. Low to medium 76 to 88. 2 to 3 weight choice steers 186 to 204. Heffer mates, 154 to 186. 3 to 4 weight choice steers 160 to 182. Heffer mates, 138 to 152. 4 to 5 weight choice steers 158 to 178. Heffermates 134 to 148. 5 to 6 weight choice steers 152 to 170. Heffermates 128 to 142. Six to seven weight choice steers one thirty four to one forty eight heifer mates one twenty to one thirty four and the seven to eight weight cattle deer choice steers one twenty two to one thirty six and heifer mates one ten to one twenty six. So uh, pleased with it. Got along pretty good. You know, everybody's still trying to buy a few. Just like I said, it looks like uh, maybe some of these lighter weight calves starting to back up just a little bit.
6: What do you know for next week?
9: we getting quite a few calls, Larry, with the dry weather and everything going on. And then uh, kind of probably a little bit of a catch up from the, from the Easter holiday weekend. So um, I know quite a few uh, bigger bunches coming, some good calves coming off one place and a couple sets of cows. So I would think we'd be somewhere around 1,500 or more for next week.
6: At Live Oak Livestock for this next Monday sale. Riley, tell everybody how to contact you.
9: 361-813-6650 is the sale. 361-786-2553 is the office. Webpage, page, web liveoaklivestock.com.
6: Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins, a production of the Texas
1: Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I'm your host. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs close mix the nearby April down 30 cents, 102.10. May hogs up 10 cents at 102.65. Class three milk was mixed. April milk down 16, 17.44. May contract up nine at 18.66 a hundred weight. It was definitely a turnaround Tuesday in the cotton market. We closed lower on Monday, turned that around Tuesday to finish sharply higher. Triple-digit gains across the board. Traders, of course, looking forward to this week's weekly export sales report. They are looking for an increase in exports, so we'll have to wait and see when that report comes out later this week. May cotton up 134 points, 79.22. July up 129 at 80.47. December cotton up 150 points, 79.41 cents. The wheat market closed lower on improving crop ratings. The nationwide wheat crop ratings came out on Monday. They showed that nationwide the crop rated 53% good to excellent. That's compared to 46% back in November. That weighed on prices somewhat. July Kansas City wheat down 7 and 3 quarters. 562 a bushel. July Chicago wheat down three quarters at 612 and three quarters. The corn market mix, the old crop higher, may up a penny at 552 and a quarter. New crop contracts lower. September corn down four and a quarter, 498 and a quarter. December corn down five and a quarter. At 483 and a quarter. Checking the energy markets, May natural gas down 4 cents at 246. May crude oil up 71, 59.36 a barrel. The financial markets mostly lower. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 134 points, 33,393. The NASDAQ down 23 at 13,681. The S&P 500 down 9 points, 4,068. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up another edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then.
0: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today.